Hey everyone, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And welcome to The Breakdown. So good to be here today. Summer is here. Woo woo! Today, right? Today is Today the first, is the first day of summer. And doesn't yeah. it feel like it, man? Brr. It's cold. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The kids were doing um, this study at the last season of school, the last couple months of school on climate change. And now we're in June. And I'm like, this is a very strange June. Is it me or is it like, and I don't watch a lot of weather news. So yeah, I don't know. I have other things to pay attention to. So. Yeah. Like submarines. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, you do have a lot to pay attention mm-hmm. to. So, <laughs> I know I was just talking to you before we get on the mic, like, hey, we never know what's going to happen on any given breakdown because nope. we're here just going through looking at the Sunday and, and observing like what the Lord did and, and breaking it down, breaking down the scripture, breaking down the service, um, just a time of worship and prayer. So hard to believe that summer's here and we're, we're tracking right into it. And I wanted to ask you about something because I would say, as, as a team, we're kind of looking, um, and even as a church, while it's been sort of like a quiet Sabbath year, our team has really been praying into like summer is really a time to press into the development because the harvest is coming. And I'm just wondering what so, your sense. So you would describe this as a, a Sabbath year? Well, just as a church, you know how Pastor Zach's been saying? Oh, I like, feel like it's been very exciting. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But no, but you is... know, like we're not doing the normal Sabbath oh, in terms man. of the events. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. see. You know, the Sabbath in terms of the events, like Zach was saying, Pastor Zach was saying, we're not doing the picnic. We're not doing the all these different things oh, that we've okay. had. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, well, see, I feel like maybe that's why we've been seeing so much yes. more growth yes. and, and like spiritual life mm-hmm. because- you know, we only have so much. This this goes for all of us in our personal Correct. life too. Correct. We only have so much energy that we can devote to anything. Yeah. Um, and we have to be careful about how much we allow ourselves to get spread thin. Like I have a tendency to, to get very spread th- to yeah. get spread very thin. Yeah. And then even with sleeping, like I tend to burn the candle at both ends. Like wanting to be up really early, but then also wanting to stay up late. And it's like you can't do that. Can't That's not us. sustainable. Yeah. Yep. And I've actually heard. Um, a teaching before where it says if you don't Sabbath yourself, then your body will make you Sabbath. Oh yeah, either through sickness or, or you know some other kind of you know disability that comes from you stressing yourself. Yeah. So it's important that we you know take stock of what's going on and then being willing to take a, a step back and pull back and and listen and rest. But that doesn't mean we stop growing. Yeah. It often means like now you're gonna have more energy to do things that you really want to do. Yeah. Which is one of the things, you know, I think long before Pastor Zach ever knew we were coming into what I'm just quote air quoting a Sabbath year, if I can do that, yeah. Luke, <laughs> is is he talked to us so much last year about working from the place of rest. If you remember this, we we've been so like westernized and rest means completely shutting down. Right. But cuz like when you said Sabbath year, I'm like Sabbath year. This has been really exciting. Yes. Cuz my brain takes the words Sabbath or, and the words rest. Yeah. And it's like, that's boring. Yeah. This has been, and it's, everything's been anything but boring. Everything but boring. Yeah. It's been quite amazing to see what God is doing. And I would say even as the summer, like we're kicking into it, we're pressing in, in deeper places spiritually, which again, kind of harkens to the message about looking for the place of prayer and pastors act talking mm. on Sunday about, Hey, we have to be after that place. And, and I know you know, we we always joke like we could have been born on a pew. We've just been in church culture our whole oh, yeah. lives. And we you can't get away from it. Your Bible and your prayer connection are the two staples 
of sustainability for every Christian. There's there's really no way around it, and there shouldn't be. Like mm-hmm. we we are somebody. Was it you that was sharing this with me? We are human beings experiencing the supernatural. Like we are supernatural beings, rather. That was not me, but was, that's that is very good and yeah, very true. We we tend so. to live in this natural world and think, oh, we're just going to experience the supernatural. But no, we're we're spiritual beings yes. experiencing this yep. temporary natural. Absolutely. So yep. our only connection to the spiritual is our prayer and our Bible reading mm-hmm. and our fellowship with one yeah. another. Those things can't can't be parted with right. as we walk on this earth. Mm. So yeah, and that's why I think it's really important going back to the beginning where God instituted the Sabbath in mm. creation. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that he instituted it for us. He 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 modeled it himself. That's right. It says, and on the seventh day, God rested. Yes. So if God rests, then I need to rest. Absolutely. And I know there's that concept of we look at like, oh, well, you know, God doesn't need to rest. But like you said, he modeled it. He chose to model that for us. And so I think coming into the summer again, we we're wrapping up our final week of School of the Spirit. I'm so excited. You just had your last class. I had my last class and it's really amazing. Very Um, exciting. My wife and I really hit the ground running today and just started mapping out so much of like what the fall is going to look like. So we want to encourage you again. Get on to schoolthespirit.church and register. Check out school. We're very excited about what God is doing. But in this summer, we actually can be in a place of rest from a lot of other labors that would keep us busy and press in spiritually to what God is doing. Absolutely. You know, on the show, Luke, you and I last week were talking about what Pastor Zach brought up this past week, about this idea of the demonic in our services and the possession. And I loved the way that he brought us right into like, hey, we're not going to just neglect and just kind of avoid what what took mm-hmm. place the week before. We're going to talk about it. And we yep. talked about it on yep. the show. And absolutely, it's really important that we understand as, as we're moving forward, we're going to see a lot of different things. And number one, we can't be shaken by things. We haven't been given a spirit of fear. Yes. But we do need to understand how to operate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, lo- I really, really appreciated how he said, we have nothing to fear. Yeah. Because that's what Satan wants you to do. That's right. Um, and a lot of his manifestations and the way he shows up, either in our thoughts or, yep. or in yep. an open um, open way, is to, is to arouse fear in us. Yes. And when we fear, that means we're looking at him mm. and we're falling for what he's doing. And it really is this simple where it's God has not given you a spirit of fear. So if you are feeling fear or anxiety, that is not of God. Yeah. God will not give you that. That's right. He gives us love and then he gives us a sound mind and peace that mm-hmm. surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. So we need to go back to him. Yeah. And it says perfect love casts out all fear. So apply it to yourself first yep. and then apply it to the situation. Luke, this is so cool. And I'm going to give a big shout out. I don't think we ever do this, but a big shout out to Katie right now, because Katie, Jennifer, and I were just talking about this before you and I came in to to record. And it's if the enemy kept us blind years ago to his schemes, um, or as Pastor Zach would say, his schemes, if, if the enemy kept us blind, then when we become aware of his schemes, he wants to keep us preoccupied right. with those schemes. Correct. And he wants That's, to instill oh, fear. Oh, yes. And, and, and make it yeah. like it's something that it's yeah. not. But like we often talk about, all the enemy has is a smoke screen. He has been defeated. Right, right. And, it, and, you know, the spirit moves. When the spirit moves, 
then then plans are exposed. Mm-hmm. So Satan wants to get you to stop moving. Yeah. And fear paralyzes us. Yes, it does. Okay. But we have nothing to fear. Yeah. Because it's not us that is doing the work. It's the spirit of God. That's it. So we follow the spirit of God. And that's mm. it. Because that's another way that I, I see Satan paralyzing us is he gets you to start thinking that it's like, oh, you have to come up with the power to do this. Right. No. And it's like, no, it's no. not me. No. You know, Luke, that is so important. When we think about uh, what Pastor Zach was bringing us to in Acts 16, you know, with the finally being just irritated, annoyed by that spirit, and Paul cast it out. We think about, oh, like, well, that would be Paul. It wouldn't be me. And then we have that, you know, fearful passage about the seven sons of Sceva, and we Mm -hmm. better make sure. But the truth is, it comes down not to a question of power, but a question of positional authority. Mm -hmm. In spirit, again, I'm always coming back to what you talk about, Ephesians 1. We are sealed in our spirit, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And and it's not this power we're conjuring up, but it's understanding where we are in the spirit. Mm -hmm. Amen. And and, and I apply that to myself all the time. Especially over these last few weeks, I really have felt the Lord teaching me this again. It's good. It's good. Um, about how it really is just love versus fear. Mm. And it, perfect love casts out all fear. I am loved by my heavenly father and I am seated in heavenly places. And if you, we go to that place, you meditate on that yes. and you rest in that truth, then the fear dissipates. Sure does. Because like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because really, at the end of the day, it really does not matter what happens to you. No. That remains. Yes. And you are accelerating to the actual, you know, experience of that reality. That is what we're moving towards. Yeah. It's so powerful. I don't know, Pastor Zach brought it into a little bit of this question. You know, as our church has stepped into this place of deliverance and understanding, this question that's been going on for quite a while now that in the camps that I grew up in, and I'm not sure, we touched on this a little bit last week, but can a Christian be possessed? You know, it's kind of this question that keeps coming up. And I think it takes, it's going to take longer than our 30 minute segment to talk about this. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about it, you, your dad and I, we've, we've talked and Pastor John, we've talked about the appropriate terminology would really be demonized or demonization. And just to cut it right down the middle from the beginning, we are three part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And this is the easiest teaching to understand how all of this stuff works. When we're born again, we're born from above the spirit of God regenerates our dead spirit, which mm-hmm. is what happened in the garden, yeah. right? And but we still have a soul and we still have a body. And mm-hmm. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says we present our bodies a living yep. sacrifice. We still have a sin nature. That's right. Yep. And we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. So mm-hmm. when you have a Christian who may be experiencing some demonic things, we're not saying that there's a possession there, mm-hmm. but because the spirit, we already said Ephesians right. 1, is sealed. Correct. Is sealed with Christ. But just like our bodies can suffer affliction of sickness and disease, and we pray for healing in those areas, our souls can be tormented Mm -hmm. with demonic spirits because either knowingly, unknowingly, we've come into agreement or something we've talked about in the past that there may be those familiar spirits that have been watching our generations. Or it's a a spiritual attack. Yes. Yeah. And it's so important to realize like, hey, let's not get caught up on all the nuances of what we don't understand. Let's boil it down to what we do understand. Love. And fear. fear. That's it. No, <laughs> that's no, no, that's because that's that the basis. I know. Because if if Satan is making you feel that you have to fight him, yeah. he's already won. That's because, it. Because we can't take on Satan. No. The only person that could take on Satan is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then the basis of my deliverance is 
my position in Christ. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, if there's a sin that I've committed, then I repent of that sin. But I, but again, it's me awakening to the to my true identity as a son or a daughter of God. Yeah. Okay? And then from that basis, we say, Satan, you have, you have to go. Mm-hmm. Because you it's that simple. It, it is that yeah. simple. You and and that's the thing is like when we talk to Pastor John and we've had him on the show before, um, he'll talk about it. Like you know, Pastor John Gagney does the deliverance ministry, the prayer ministry, the prophetic ministry. He's over all that mm-hmm. at our church, and he said it before. Listen, you can experience being set free again. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the terminologies that yep. we get hung up on. Yep. You can experience being set free or delivered in a worship service when God Correct. does something with you yeah. and something breaks mm-hmm. off. That's been there. Almost every single one of us can attest to that, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And so that's just kind of dealing with this Christian aspect of what it looks like. And I think as a church, that's where we get a little bit hung up. I think we understand that in the world, we're going to see these things. But bring it to this place where, you know, Paul and ultimately we have Paul and Silas and Timothy. And we're going to make the joke that nobody ever talks about Luke. Who's penning these words? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yep. He ne- he also doesn't get thrown into prison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. I love on Sunday when Pastor Zach was just bringing up the pastors. Yeah, he's like, know? and the pastors, you notice he doesn't go into he doesn't go to prison. <laughs> no. So I just think Luke is either flashing his doctor badge. Yeah. Um, or he's saying I'm 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 a reporter. I'm a reporter. You know? So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Luke is the one who actually wrote. Not you, Luke. Yeah, not, not me. Yeah, yeah, but Luke in the scriptures who mm-hmm. wrote the Gospel of Luke, um, also wrote the follow-up to Theophilus, which is Acts. Right. So Luke yeah. is following Paul. Yeah, so whenever you're reading Acts and it says, we went, yeah. then Luke is writing and he also is in the story. It's so cool. Isn't that yeah. awesome? Like, we get to see these things. But yes, you're right. Timothy didn't get thrown in prison, which we heard about, but Luke also apparently wasn't <laughs> thrown. He was apparently close enough because he knew they were praying and singing in the midnight hour, yep. right? I mean, yep. who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't include that about himself, but... You know, again, looking at it here, one of the things that I wanted to dialogue with you about is we're in this time, we're watching the move of God. We are literally living in the move of God. I mean, I used to feel like Gideon praying, God, where are the works that my fathers would tell me about? You know, our fathers would tell us, but now we're living it. We're seeing Mm -hmm. it. It's right in front of our eyes. And so this is why we shouldn't be afraid and we also shouldn't be, you know, wowed or surprised. Like God is moving right now. And in this move of God, you see with the, with the story we're chronicling here in Acts 16, that Paul becomes greatly annoyed and therefore finally casts out that, that spirit from that girl who was bringing you know, a lot of profit to her masters by fortune telling. And I just think one of the things that we're, we're really having to really be prepared for is the darkness is increasing. We've talked about it. You know, the witchcraft, the paganism, mm-hmm. it's so prevalent and we shouldn't be afraid of that, but we should know there's a stark contrast mm-hmm. between that light. And when we stand on the side of light, because we can't come into agreement any longer right. with sin, we've talked about being annoyed. We've talked about boycott in certain places as if that's going yep. to be the answer, but we've got to yep. do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important that we, um, you know, like when we, when we, when we see what Satan is doing, um, and it can get us angry, it can get us annoyed, yeah. it can trigger us, depending on on your on on how you are. Don't get caught up in the feelings. That's it. Do not get caught up in the feelings because then he's already he's already starting to do his work. So there. good, Luke. Okay, 
So we have to take every thought. This is what it, this is a practical there example of like what it means to take every thought captive, take yeah. everything that you think, anything that you feel and make it obedient to Christ. That's Again, good. going back to that place of, okay, I don't have to feel this and I don't have to think this because of who I am in Christ. This is true. This, that is false. And then walking in that truth. Mm-hmm. You know, one, one might say that that's why there were many days that Paul became greatly annoyed after many days because he, I, I tend to think he could have been checking his feelings. He could have been, you know, I kind of was walking it out of my mind. Like maybe the first day he knew what it was, but he's like, I'm not going to be, that's right. not going to hinder me right. from what we're called to do and going to this place of prayer. Yep. But after many days, he's like, that's it. Right. That's right. it. Something's no, going to change. Something's absolutely. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also, this is, this is pure speculation yeah. at this point. Um, I also wonder if maybe he was, you know, trying to get a read on on the girl herself. Yeah. Because, yes, she was afflicted, Mm. but you would want there to be an openness to to the things of God, because once he frees her, if she's not open to the message, you know, like we have those the that that other that that teaching from Jesus, it's like, you know, if if you clean the house, but then you know, nothing gets put in there, yeah. then it, it, your, your second state is worse than the first. Mm. So I don't know. That's pure speculation, yeah. which I, I don't normally do. Yeah, no, you, you don't. Know? You don't. But, <laughs> but hey, I was just wondering. You know, I mean, and this so. is the thing. When we come to scripture and, and you know, my, my, the, the founding pastor of the church I used to go to, he used to say things like, hey, are you so bored with Jesus that you have to go and find something new? Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to the scriptures and we're reading these passages, yeah. we can draw inferences and yeah. conclusions. Yeah. Well, we got to just stick to what we know, which Absolutely. is why I like what you're saying. Yeah. Hey, this is a speculation. Right. So do not go basing a doctrine yeah. or telling people that this is what happened yeah. in the story. But, but when, these things, yeah, just when a, these things yeah. do arise, Interesting. We're, we're allowed to like so, talk to the Lord about yeah. them and wonder yeah. like, hey, what was really going on? Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, you know, Paul and Silas's actions caused them to wind up in prison. Mm-hmm. And you know, we tend to look at this and and we think, oh man, like this is really a bad state for these guys. All they were doing was looking for the place of prayer. And I do want to kind of bring up the, the fact that Pastor Zach's message was, you know, that metaphorical sense of like, we have to be after mm-hmm. that place of prayer in our yep. own lives, which we'll get to. But ultimately, these guys wind up in prison. Yep. And one of the things you see Paul write several times is that whenever he doesn't have a very long stint in this prison cell, mm-hmm. but when he winds up in prison, he talks a lot to the church at Philippi about how it works out for the gospel's benefit. Mm-hmm. And so you see that attitude where it's like, hey, maybe these guys weren't able to get to the place of prayer. But as Pastor Zach said on Sunday, in that, in that prison dungeon, they found it. They were worshiping in that midnight hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's that place of, okay, here's now another deliverance. But because you know, and I tend to think as I'm, I'm reading these accounts, I tend to think, okay, what's God after? Mm-hmm. And I look at how God clearly must have been after this jailer and his family because yeah. Paul and Silas were sent to them. Again, mm-hmm. if we start looking oh, at yeah. our lives, yeah. if we start looking at our lives as being directed, the steps of a righteous are ordered yes. by the Lord. Okay, this is really good. Sit on that for a moment because this is really key. Well, that's what I'm trying to say yeah. is we tend to look at these hindrances and these things that come up against us. Right. And we think, oh man, I'm either doing something wrong Correct. and I got, God right. must be displeased right. with me. Right. But if we stay in that place of prayer, mm-hmm. if we're earnestly running after the Lord, 
we have to understand that if we've dedicated our lives to the Lord, like Paul refers to himself as a bond servant. We talked about mm-hmm. that yep. last week, you know, and, and Jamal was bringing that up. Though Paul was freed by Christ, he chose to be bound to him. Yeah. And so Paul knows, hey, God's bringing me from one place to another, mm-hmm. and it's for his gospel sake. So I just think, wow, man, there was something that God was after with that jailer and his family. And we don't have the rest of the story of what was taking place there, but we see how much of a move took place. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's hitting on, you know, we're going to, we'll get to the, you know, some of the point from the sermon, but really when we are after the place of prayer, when I live my life constantly facing the place of prayer, facing that relationship, that intimacy with Jesus and who I am, then it allows me to be in difficult situations or places. Yes. And understanding God is going to, God wants to move here. Yes. And he, and I am a willing vessel for his move. That's it. Because I'm facing him. Yes. That's good. The enemy would rather me be, be focused on, oh, my feet are shackled. Mm. I'm in this cold cell, this prison. God must have forgotten me. Mm-hmm. Or what did I do wrong? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, moved in that way and and done what I thought God was calling me to do. In Paul's case, you know, casting the demon out of, <laughs> out of the girl. Yep, yep. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right. Yeah. And so, but and when we're in, when you're in that mental frame, uh, you know, framework, yeah. you're not focused on on the Lord. You're not living in the place of prayer. Yeah. So. It make so it's hard for you to catch what God wants to do, mm-hmm. and Paul and Silas they didn't even they didn't even make anything happen. They were just focusing on the Lord and praying and singing to Him mm-hmm. as their only source of of support and comfort, and then God moved out of that. Yeah, so God God's one that does everything. That's right. Yeah, we. It's interesting you say that because I always remind students in our classes that. We're reading the scripture like backwards. These Mm -hmm. people were living it as it happened. We don't have any inclination that Paul and Silas were, you know, playing deductive logic and saying, if we pray and if we sing hymns, God will shake this cell. Yeah. God will shake this dungeon. Mm -hmm. We tend to live that way in the 21st century because we have all these accounts in scripture and we remember when God did it. But these were earnest cries of just worship right, to the right, Lord. Right. And God moved. Exactly. And I think there's a big lesson for us there because, you know, we're, we find ourselves in these situations and then we want to figure out just like just like Job. Like think about Job and his friends. They're all coming up with reasons yeah. for why all these are all these bad things happening to Job, you know, and, and there's they're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We want to figure it out yep. because then we feel like if I can figure it out, then I can get myself out. There you go. Or at least I'll know what happened. Yeah. Right. But all, but what Paul and Silas model for us is you don't have to figure it out. Just apply worship and prayer mm-hmm. and, and your relationship. Just go to that place yeah. and God will move. Yeah. You know, Luke, we've, we've really made, we've kind of lived for a while, I would say that we were able to get by kind of straddling the fence. COVID changed everything, and we saw a really swing, everything swing differently, and just not just our culture, but in our world. And this is where I know I started to pick up on the shift. The world is different. 
and Jesus is coming back. And listen, I'll tell you, our first century brothers and sisters, they lived with an expectation that Jesus could return at any moment. And I believe God is bringing his bride right back there, that we have an expectation that Jesus could return at any moment. If he is going to return in any moment, he needs to find me faithful. I need to be found faithful when he comes. And I think for too long, we've lived in this place where we're straddling, we're all still pursuing this dream of the, you know, whatever it is, whatever the accolades are, whatever the points of arrival are that we desire as individuals. And yet we, we keep God in everything. We keep God in everything. But no, he has to be everything mm-hmm. in our lives. Right, right. And, and I think this is what you see taking place right now. And right. And, and you said get by. Yeah. Because to, to a point, you can get you can. by. Yeah. You know, trying to figure things out on yep. your own. You can get by. Yep. But then there will be a situation or something where where you can't figure it out. Yeah. So learn it and practice it for the easy things. Yeah. And then it, it, it it's walking by faith. Yeah. Well, and I think that this is what we see in in the accounts of Acts with our first century brothers and sisters, and like, or even just the gospels where they did learn little things. I mean, we it's a big thing. But Jesus says, "Hey, listen, you know." Who pays the temple tax, Peter? The slaves or or the sons? Mm-hmm. And or the, and Peter says the servants. And Jesus says, Yeah. Nevertheless, I don't want to offend. So go to the river, cast in a hook. I mean, just a simple act of obedience. Mm-hmm. And and we want to look for the big things. Mm-hmm. And I believe God is bringing yep. us right back to start with the simple things. So yep. if we have a sense that God is moving, hey, listen, I really do want you to get up and go over and talk to that coworker. I know you've been praying for that coworker. I want you to step in and I want mm-hmm. you to speak to them now. Honestly, Luke, you know as well as I do, as we just begin to practice simple obedience, that voice of God calling and speaking becomes louder. And in these dark times, it really needs to. We need to be obedient. We're not going to just all of a sudden be ready for an extremely dark season. It's following the Lord in all the small areas. Mm -hmm. Amen. So I know there was really one other aspect that I wanted to bring up here, and it was about as we're heading to this place of prayer, it was really about the distraction of the promotion, because this is one of the things that Pastor Zach was bringing up that I'm looking for in our, in our notes here, but the, the concept that the, the girl shouting out that they mm-hmm. are declaring the way of salvation yeah. was almost promoting the truth, but in a way that was distracting. Right. And there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah, there really is. Um, and it was, it was funny because, uh, uh, in second service, um, one of my friends that was sitting next to me, he said, um, but wait, what she's saying is true. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a partial truth. Mm-hmm. And even the emphasis, and when you sit on it, it's like, okay, the emphasis is off. Yeah. All right. So she says, you know, these men have come to, you know, they will tell you the way of salvation. So she's being disorderly. Mm-hmm. Satan is all, this is like a mark of Satan. Whoa, it will, he will be disorderly. God, mm-hmm. God acts in order. Um, this is disorderly, and the focus is not on Jesus, Mm-mm. what she's saying. It's on Paul and Silas. There you go. Okay? And that's, that's also a mark of Satan. Mm-hmm. If the focus is on, is on humans, then it's not, it's not of God. Mm. Luke, that's so powerful, because I'm going to say both services, hands down, the part that was cutting me to the core is this right here about the promotion. Mm-hmm. And I tend, I'm just going to be really, really frank as I've moved forward in my own life, like stepping into 
what I know I'm built for, stepping into what I know I'm made for. It's really been the first time in my life that I have actually received a lot of encouragement for it. Mm-hmm. Like I've really been built up awesome. into these areas of like, you're a great teacher and all these different things. And, and that is such a dangerous place for me, you know? And so I would say both services, when I'm really being cut to the heart is like, God, don't ever let me mm. get caught up. Now that I have found a win, I found what I'm made for. Right. But was I made for it so that I can feel so great about being made for something? Or was I made for it for the sake of his glory and his kingdom and his Amen. gospel? Amen. Amen. So that's the part that was really yeah. just kind of yeah. railing me on Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's also because um, it's it's cool. Like I'd, I'd heard this before and I looked it up again. You know, Paul and Silas, when it says like they were looking for the place of prayer, they're looking for an actual place. Yeah. Um, and I did a little research. So basically, if you had a if there was a city or a town um, where there weren't enough Jews to have a synagogue, then the Jews or people who were following the Jewish God would gather for prayer on the Sabbath, mm. but usually at like a like near a river, a riverbed or, uh, you know, some a nice place in nature, quiet. OK, yeah. so this was a place where they could gather together and and pray to pray to Yahweh. Yeah. So against that backdrop, now now look at this slave girl yelling, these men are coming to tell you the way of salvation. It is very disorderly mm. and it comes in sideways mm-hmm. and it points back to Paul and Silas, not God, not yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, that's so... Like, think of that I know, setting. I, I'm there, I'm with you. And yeah. I'm thinking like, wow, you already have these devout Jews or right. whomever. And there's probably some other people following Paul and Silas there who are probably not believers, but they're like, oh, let's go see what these guys are doing. You know, this is so powerful too, Luke, because it was earlier on the Macedonian call and a vision that Paul had received in that vision, a man asking him to come and preach in Macedonia. And mm-hmm. so here now we see this slave girl saying almost essentially they're here. Mm-hmm. They're here. The yeah. ones that you know I just think about it we right. got to put all of right. Acts 16 together. Absolutely put it all together. But you're right, yep. the focus and the emphasis is on man. And I just think wow, you know, man, we are not in Paul and Silas's shoes as they're experiencing that, but that many days piece, I think Luke intentionally wrote it in there so that we would see okay, there was some time between what they're experiencing and when they actually decide enough, right? enough. right? And I think as we look into it for ourselves, that's the part that I was cut to on Sunday is like, okay, I'm really glad to hear about, you know, how I'm really operating in my gifting because I was a very insecure Mm -hmm. young minister and young pastor. I was a very insecure kid. I never felt like I fit. I really struggled Mm -hmm. to find my fits. I wasn't good at school. There was a whole bunch of other things. Right. And And where did, where did that come from? Was that from God or was that from Satan? It was obviously from Satan. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So if you, if you, again, like just to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, if you're having trouble discerning between your feelings, yep. just ask yourself that question. Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah. Because again, we have those two clear right. lines. It's love yes. and fear. Right. And perfect love mm-hmm. casts out yeah. fear. Sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> it, your point was even yep. better than mine. Yep. And it's like, okay. So now we have this like it's not about it's not about man. No. And and even and and just to, you know, bring it full circle, first Peter five, five through six, it talks about Peter writes about how we are to humble ourselves. And God exalts us. And godly exaltation mm-hmm. is way different 
than man's promotion. Correct. And that's what we're after. Correct. And I, I and that's what Pastor Zach said. He said promotion will always compete with the place of prayer. Mm-hmm. So it competed in a physical sense in the story, but then it also competes in a metaphorical sense for us yes. experientially as believers. Yes. Because if I start falling from my own press, mm. you know, we are still human yes, enough. Yes, we are. That we we can forget to look at Jesus. Yeah. Every one of us mm-hmm. in our area of strength or shall we say expertise. Imagine, yeah, I, I saw it on Sunday. Wow, if I if I just stay in that place of um, wow, God, mm-hmm. wow, you really have made me a good teacher. Number one, you know, the focus is on me. Number two, my eyes are drawing off of the very source and thing and one right. who enables me to teach. Right. So for all of us, I'm just using me as the example because I know where I was convicted on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. And I think for every one of us to realize, like, you're exactly right. That place of prayer keeps us in that place of worship and humility. Like, God, it is you. Right. It right. is you. Right. And then man's response is not is no longer my responsibility. Yeah. Because I'm just following after after Jesus. That's it. And what he's telling me to do. Yep. But if I'm going after promotion, Ooh. then you know, it, and it happens very subtly. It it's does. Like you might find yourself tailoring what you say yep. Yep. or what you do to accommodate the crowd or yeah. these people that are coming along because of the 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 spectacle, mm-hmm. but they're not really part of part of uh, the you know the work of God. Yeah, you know, because um, we are just called to obedience. That's like right. We were talking about before. It's we step out in obedience. Yep, and then people's response people man's response is man's response you know it's interesting because jesus the scripture says about jesus i think it's in john's gospel it says that jesus knew all man and so he did not commit himself to to them they were trying to praise him and to build Mm -hmm. him up and he didn't need that from them right he knew who he was and he knew he was called to obedience and then what did he always do he would always go away by himself to pray to pray Yes. And he's connecting with the life source. He's connecting with the father. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough Mm -hmm. for us because the student is not greater than the master and teacher. Right. So it's so, this is so powerful. And I just, I I feel like we're, we're on the first day of summer. We're entering into something special. And each week as we come back to the message, we have to think about how the Lord has so faithfully led us over the past couple of years. Um, He's always faithfully led us, but over the past couple of years, we've specifically seen, you know, as you and I have come here, we've specifically seen how the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us about what is going on and where we're headed. So I would just say, gear up. Let's keep our faces in that place of prayer. Let's keep our hearts in that place of yep. prayer and keep trusting the Lord. Absolutely. You want to pray us out? You have any final remarks there, Luke? Anything good that's on your heart stirring from Sunday? Or, Well, yeah, because this flows very naturally out of this discussion, but. Um, Pastor Zach emphasized how at the end of his message about annoyance versus assignment. Oh yeah. Um, and practically speaking, you know, we we touched on taking every thought captive, mm-hmm. but when we are annoyed, or when we you know when we feel something, rather than accommodating for it, really go back to the Holy Spirit and work that out, and 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 t- approach it from a spiritual standpoint where it's like. This, is this an annoyance or is this 
you know what? Actually, this is just Satan trying to get me off track mm-hmm. and then treat it as such yeah. and approach it as such. That's really good. An excellent point, which again, brings us back to what you were sharing. We tend to just kind of just lap one label on everything. Like, hey, this is what it is. We really have to come back to that place and say, okay, Lord, what's going on? I think about Paul's thorn in the flesh when he's talking about right. it. He says, three times I sought the Lord. Three times. Yep. So when we're experiencing something, again, Paul did many days with right. this he's girl. Like, I'm just, he, it could have just been annoying. Yes. And then it was like, you know what? This is more than annoying. Yes. Oh, this is Satan. Yes. Okay, now I know how to approach this. Yes. It's that real in our everyday life, you know? So, it, But that place of prayer in our heart, that sense mm-hmm. that we're going to know in our spirit what is going on and when the right time is to make that move. Right. And again, um, Pastor Zach laid out this groundwork of the, the giftings of mm-hmm. the group. We don't, we don't walk alone. We do this in the context of other believers. That's right. So bring other people into your situation. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it alone. So good. That's awesome. Man, another great time together today going over these things and just seeing how the Lord is moving. Yeah. So, well, let's pray, man. Let's okay. just trust the Lord for what he has. Right. Father, thank you for um, your continual presence with us. Yes, Lord. And Father, we just ask that uh, when, when we start to you know, turn away or, or, or step away from that place of prayer, that you would just nudge us back into place, mm-hmm. that we would live our lives from this place of constant communion with you, that everything we do would be a prayer for you, um, and that we would recognize when Satan is trying to get us off track, um, and we would just go right back to that place of prayer with you, Yes, um, knowing that the victory is yours, the victory has been won, mm-hmm. um, and it is by that that we uh, drive Satan out of our lives and, and out of um, the work that you've called us to do. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, buddy, always good spending time with you. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And that's The Breakdown. We'll catch you next week. You're giving me up.